Enchanté. Trends is a podcast series dedicated to the trends and news in the finance sector. Launched by Sopra Banking Software, this series involves experts discussing hot topics in the industry. My name is Maya Lawrence, and today we're recording the first episode of Thin Trends with Bruno Cambernet, who has agreed to delve into the subject that is causing much discussion, open banking. Hello, Bruno. Hello, Maya. Bruno, to start, thank you for being with us. Um, you are the head of research at SBS, which means your mission is to identify at an early stage the areas to invest in and to shape SBS's strategy and market positioning. You're passionate about how digital transformation is reshaping the economy, and you're particularly fascinated by the potential that data openness offers, notably in educating everyone about finance. You're actively involved in various organizations, such as the Global Competitiveness Cluster Finance Innovation, the standardization body Berlin Group, and within the European Commission. So today we summarize this economic transformation with a concept, open banking. But what does that really entail? What kind of lies beyond these words? Is it ultimately just a buzzword uh, coined by marketing professionals? Or is it something else? So to address these questions, um, I'd like to first kind of revisit the genesis of the concept of open banking with you so we can uh, get into the nitty gritty and see exactly what you think about the buzzword today. So uh, my first question for you then is, how did the concept of open banking originate and what does it mean? Yeah, actually the open banking concept or the concept behind open banking uh, started with the, um, let's say, the web banking of the banks. Uh, and, and I would say that the first decade of, from the year 25,000 year to 2010, um, this is where web banking were expanding, and this is certainly where the roots of open banking are. A actually, this is when, um, y you know, because of a web, because of exposing the content, transactions, everything from a bank, and the banking has been created by the banks. Uh, suddenly it was possible to machine read, let's say, uh, the uh, screen, the HTML code, and getting all the data from the personal accounts from anyone. And that's where guys like, um, uh, you, you know, in the US, for example, guys like uh, Yodli uh, was uh, created, it was in uh, 25, if I remember well. And um, from a regulatory perspective at this moment, uh, it was th there was something, uh, mostly about the ownership, kind of ownership uh, of the data by the owners of accounts. <coughs> so and this was uh, part of the Dodd-Frank Act in the US, Article 1033 for those who are aware, and, um, and this is how, how it started. I, in Europe, what happened in this period was the SEPA, you know, the first payment service directive. Actually, SEPA, the, um, the PSD, uh, created a homogenized uh, approach of um, um, making a credit transfer, uh, designating and identifying um, account, bank account, across all e European Union uh, and SEPA zone um, area. And um, this is where the payment service, this is what the payment service directive has been creating. 
and in terms of scheme and how to make this happening. This was uh, handled by the EPC at this time. And actually, this is where, uh, you, you know, it has been possible for some uh, service provider, uh, like Zofort in Germany, uh, to leverage this SEPA as soon as it has been put in place in 28, um, to, to put in place a new mean of payments, leveraging the credit transfer uh, between the bank account of a payee, a payer, uh, I mean, you and me are going on a website, and uh, the, 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 uh, the payee, so the merchant. And this was uh, very surprisingly um, gained a momentum. Uh, and I, when I say very surprisingly, it's because at this time it was uh, needed to share your credentials with the support, which was new company. But people were, they did that, uh, no problem. And um, <coughs> actually this is when I, 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 w I would say, you know, with, with all this means of, you know, leveraging and getting data from third party, by third party, on the banking, this is where the term open banking was, was created. In other words, having access from the outside of the bank by third party. Uh, and, and honestly, the open banking started booming in 2010 uh, uh, around. And, uh, and especially, uh, it, it took a new acceleration with the um, uh, creation of a smartphone with, uh, I, with Apple and, and, and in the end of the years uh, 2010. It was in 2007, if I remember well. Uh, because uh, with the aggregation capabilities that uh, you can benefit on your smartphone, having the visibility over the various few or maybe few accounts that you may have, uh, the, uh, these players like the Yodli and others, uh, was also creating this account information consolidation that uh, is now very well known as aggregators. Okay. So how did the banks react to the new unregulated actors. Very like interesting. Actually, the, the, the bank, and, and honestly, this was very much understandable. Uh, they, they said, oh, oh okay, but, um, you know, what if a third party is acting as if he was a end customer in order to get the data and maybe initiate payments or c making credit transfers? Mm -hmm. Who is responsible for that? So, actually, very first reaction of the banks was to kind of uh, forbid this capability for end user to share their, uh, their credentials. But very quickly, it ended up uh, to ask the regulator, well, the third party who are doing this need to be regulated, and they need to be accountable, mm -hmm. and they need to have an insurance, and they need to have something. So that's, that's um, how the, the bank reacted. And uh, that's when, you know, the... Um, you know, the, the, this, um, uh, all this movement about open banking, uh, well, framework at the very beginning in 2014, I remember the, uh, you know, the Her Majesty Treasury in the UK creating this uh, open banking framework. It was issued, if I remember well, in uh, December 2014 or something like this. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but actually, this this was one of the first, let's say, open banking, let's say, rule of play, um, <coughs> and um, 
it, it moved on also in European in, in Europe uh, continental mm -hmm. uh, with a PSD2, meaning the, this is a nickname for the revision of the PSD, the CEPA I mentioned earlier. And um, this was enforced uh, in 2016, um, or voted in 2016. And, um, and, and but actually what is interesting is that the bank reacted in order to ask more for more security and for accountability of the third parties. Mm -hmm. uh, the regulation uh, uh, reacted and say, okay, yeah, sure, security is important, we need to regulate, da da da. But at the same time, because of the innovation, those third party providers have been proving to bring, uh, you know, the tip of the iceberg was the aggregation on your smartphone, as mm -hmm. you mentioned. Um, but all the different possibilities that can be expanded, then it was also a, a very clear objective to uh, create uh, an innovation uh, level playing field mm -hmm. to uh, foster competition and innovation. And, um, and actually how, to ha how this happened, it happened in two ways. There are very soft regulation, mm -hmm. you know, uh, really uh, focusing on just authorizing people to be able to share their personal financial information, like in the US. Mm -hmm. There is a, a, the opposite, very much enforced, enforcing, you know, um, um, everything. So being very prescriptive in what standard to use for a bank mm -hmm. in order to share the, the, the data, how to, um, to be authenticated and to give authorization, authentication, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how to be su supervised in terms of reporting, etc. So this was what happened with the open banking implementation entity, you know, that implemented the OB UK. And, in, well, I'm not, would not say in the middle, but in, in between, there is the Europe, European countries, um, which created a directive mm -hmm. so that all the number of uh, countries in the European Union could um, implement it or, uh, you know, through delegated acts, uh, implement the directive in their way, mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, this open banking directive, which is actually the PSD2. So, yeah, basically this is how the bank reacted, but also how the, uh, the regulators of a bank reacted. Okay. And, and speaking of the regulators, what's the status of, of data sharing regulation in Europe today, if you could sum it up for us? Um, yeah. So, uh, long, long story short, uh, well, it, it depends on the countries, as, mm -hmm. I, as I mentioned. UK, well, I said it already, it's mm -hmm. a, it, they, they already set not only the um, rule, but the, the rule, that what is interesting is focusing on nine banks only, the nine mm -hmm. largest banks in the mm -hmm. UK. Uh, and at the very beginning when the PSD2 has been uh, voted, uh, UK was still part of the European Union. Mm -hmm. So um, they, they, they adapted the regulation in order to make sure that the PS that it will hit two, two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. And so that all the banks in the UK uh, were, um, well, obliged, let's say, uh, to, to be PSD2 compliant. Mm -hmm. Now that's a different story. Um, but I, I think what is interesting in, uh, I, I, is that um, if, if I take EU as uh, the, uh, the example, um, EU has set the, um, let's say, the socioeconomic principles mm -hmm. of uh, opening uh, payment accounts. And uh, so both, both things. 
uh, get personal information such as transactions in the payment accounts mm -hmm. and being able to initiate, activate uh, financial services. Mm -hmm. In this case, this is initiation of payments only. Uh, this happened uh, and, and be, be behind this, what, what has been done so far is one, standardization, data standardization, how to get the data, which data to get. Mm -hmm. um, when the PSD2 is talking about a dedicated interface, what does that mean in terms of technology? Mm -hmm. So they, they market uh, really leverage the, um, the you know, the evol most evolved way of sharing data while also enabling the securization of the, um, of the exchanges. Mm -hmm. Uh, through uh, what is called APIs, but I'm, we are talking of REST JSON APIs mm -hmm. and are implementing such concepts. And this does exist. There are different standards that have been created in, in across Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, one obviously with the OB UK, um, but also one in France mm -hmm. with uh, STAT that has been uh, instrumental uh, with the six major banks only STAT uh, to set a, a, an API standard. Mm -hmm. um, but the most deployed over Europe uh, standard has been the Berlin Group. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the Berlin Group next gen PSD2 standard, this is a nickname for the standard to implement PSD2, mm -hmm. um, has been one created to deployed across, I would say, uh, 75 or even more uh, percent of the banks across Europe and mm -hmm. even beyond. By, by the way, as of today, Israel, Ukraine are using it and deploying it. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, at, at the same time, w one thing I would like to mention is that <coughs> this is not enough. Mm -hmm. actually. So, yeah, from a pure regulatory perspective of PSD2, this is fine. There are all the means in order to make this happen. But what is important be behind open banking or uh, PSD regulations mm -hmm. or whatever uh, payment service di direction um, directive. Um, what is important is what do you, we do f with this? Mm. I mean, the man free to you, me, and right. the, the enterprises. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to payment, I, I like this, this thing, you know, payment initiation, and we'll certainly talk about this, payment initiation is not very much use yet. Mm -hmm. But payment initiation, which is part uh, imposed by the PSD regulation, PSD2 regulation, uh, is um, only a step into a full-fledged payment suite, mm -hmm. right? So what happened, and to, uh, to complete the response in terms of status of data sharing, mm -hmm. um, if we think about the payment and uh, not only data, but service sharing, um, there are more to do in order to uh, provide, a f uh, let's say, a full-fledged payment instrument that mm -hmm. do leverage the transfer from account to account mm -hmm. of money, but really um, can go even beyond what the cards are doing. And uh, this is what the EPC, the European Payment Council, has been setting up with a SPA, uh, mm -hmm. with a SEPA payment account access scheme, well, mm -hmm. okay, which actually provide great services such mm -hmm. as deferred payment, mm -hmm. um, split payments, mm -hmm. recurring payment, mm -hmm. variable uh, recurring payments, and also a refund, mm -hmm. capability of refunding e even if an account-to-account -account payment has been done. So um, so th this is where we are as of today. Mm -hmm. the, the, the 
V2 of a rule book of a spa I mentioned mm -hmm. is expected to be uh, published end of this month. So you talked uh, about the, the professional advancements, but can you tell us a little bit more about some noteworthy technological advancements uh, that it might be useful to, to tell our listeners? Um, we, we are living in a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, with... Um, open banking, regulations, schemes, standards, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, we are really entering a way when, where um, players can and need to act as part of an ecosystem mm -hmm. and no more in a one-to-one -one relationship like B2B, B2C, B2B, B2C, B2B, B2B. No, now mm -hmm. you know, we need, there, there is a strange, enormous need to act globally in a multiplayer um, uh, you know, uh, multilateral uh, businesses. What is important with PSD2, what is it, what it brings, mm -hmm. has been in security. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, wh when you are acting like this is a, in a kind of a multilateral approach, you need to authenticate who is who. Mm -hmm. uh, and not only the individuals, but also the organizations. Mm -hmm. At least in Europe, we are... I would say lucky, even if, if there is a bunch of different regulations mm -hmm. and different things. But we 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 are we have we are luckily, let's say, enforcing principles uh, that make sure that all the, as of today, twenty-seven countries as part of a European Union can work together, mm -hmm. but be authenticated in the same way. This is the EDAS, mm. uh, let's say. Um, um, regulation, all mm -hmm. the EDAS uh, uh, reg regulation. And you certainly have heard about the EDAS too uh, is uh, going to help having not only the organization being uh, being having or be being due to have an electronic certificate in order to sign uh, request exchanges and to be authenticated, but also the individuals. Uh, and, 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 and we know that this is really important. If I take PSD2, for example, mm -hmm. uh, to respond to your question, mm -hmm. uh, PSD2 was imposing a strong customer authentication. Mm -hmm. So uh, this has been imposed and imposed on all payments. Mm -hmm. Fraud, thanks to this, have been reduced drastically mm -hmm. as two-digit uh, in terms of per mm. percentage. Mm -hmm. um, and and, and um, wha wha what I would like to say is that this has been really... Um, well, core, let's say, mm -hmm. as a benefit of a PS2. And um, and we'll go beyond, thanks to EDAS2, et cetera, as I, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is certainly wha one thing which is really, really important and where technology has been bringing. But, but more, there is more to, to, there is more to come and more to, 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 well, to be implemented now, but technology is, lots of technology already. Okay. So, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've understood about the genesis of open mm. banking, we can basically say that from the 2000s to uh, 2010, that's kind of like the years that mark the evolution in what we call, or what we can say is individual's behavior. Um, and then we've got innovative new finance service providers that are entering the market, uh, particularly the payments market. And then since these new providers weren't regulated, uh, the regulations emerged in order to secure the operations. Um, and then to the relief of the banks, we can also say that they were able to foster really legitimate competition and making the banks a little less happy. So in Europe, the regulation translates into a real desire to 
have a balance between what we call the regulation and also the technical standards and operating rules um, among all of the different payment actors. And then we've got technological progress that's been made as well. So we can see um, that there's security of exchanges and transactions, um, real-time exchanges among different actors within the ecosystem. Um, and those are kind of the two, the two main outcomes from there. Does that make sense or did I miss anything? No, it makes <laughs> lots of sense. Thank okay, you perfect. for this Excellent. takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, that's going to be basically the subject of our next episode. We're going to talk about the ecosystems and particularly the opportunities that the real-time collaboration represents um, for banks and fintechs. And I know that, Bruno, you have a lot of interesting um, information that you can tell us about that thanks to the research that you have done thus far. So we will talk to you then. Thank you, Maria.